Hello, I'm Fernando Sosa, and you're watching Mindset of Steel live show. In this show, we encourage you to crush your limiting beliefs, punch fear in the face, and take massive action in your business and your personal life by focusing on the 80% psychology and 20% strategies. I'm excited to be here. This is episode number 26 of our weekly live show. And uh, welcome. If you're joining us from YouTube, don't forget to click on the subscribe button and uh, click on the notification icon so you can be notified when we go live. If you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts, please leave us a review. Let us know how we're doing. Uh, we're also available on Spotify and other podcasting platforms. And uh, so you can listen to us on the go. Uh, thank you very much for being here. If you haven't joined the community, go ahead and visit our website, mindsetofsteel.com and be part of the community. We have a private Facebook group and uh, we have some content that we're putting together, some special events that we uh, put together and they're happening inside our private Facebook group. So if you go to mindsetofsteel.com, that's where the magic happens. Um, so I'm very excited. Today we have a special guest, uh, Terry Tucker, and uh, he's going to talk to us a lot about his journey and it's about mental toughness really I think and I'm um, very excited about that so before we get started uh, and before we bring Terry in uh, let me share with you a little bit about him and uh, we're gonna welcome him in so Terry uh, Terry Tucker he's a former NCAA division one uh, college basketball player a Citadel cadet a marketing executive He's been a hospital administrator. He's been an undercover narcotics investigator, a SWAT team hostage negotiator, a high school basketball coach, a business owner, motivational speaker, an author, and most recently, a cancer warrior. Since diagnosed uh, with cancer in 2012, he's had a, a leg amputated, tumors in both the lungs, number of surgeries, and other challenges. But He's going to share with us how his journey and how he's currently fighting the battle of his life while spreading positivity and motivation to hundreds of people all over the world via his speeches, website, books, and more. So let's go ahead and welcome Terry. Welcome, Terry. Hey, Fernando. How you doing? Thanks for having me. I'm excited. I'm doing good. Thank you. Thank you for joining us. So, um, Terry, you're joining us from Colorado. Is that right? Denver? Just outside of Denver. Correct. Awesome. Awesome. How's, uh, what's, what time zone? Is this the same time zone Eastern? You're in, no, we're in uh, the mountain time zone. So uh, we're, we're two hours ahead behind whatever you want. I, I never get it right. It's seven o'clock your time. It's five o'clock here. <laughs> okay, cool. Yeah. So here's already getting a little nighttime here. Uh, so it's been a long day. Um, I'm excited to end the day with, uh, with, uh, with you on the show and, um, very grateful to have you on the show. I, I did some research and, and learned a lot about you and was uh, just very, very motivated by um, your journey. And I'm very um, excited to hear how you're going to share with us um, your journey and your book and everything that you're doing. Um, now, when I was reading into your uh, background, um, something kind of funny, I, th I thought, that kind of reminded me of um, with everything that I, in your bio, all these things that you've done, that you've been in, like marketing, hospital admin, SWAT team negotiation. For some reason, I thought of the movie Forrest Gump. 
and <laughs> and all of the travels, all the adventures, and you know his life was like you know a box of chocolates, right? And uh, you've been like uh, you know, and and they're all like all things that not necessarily connected. They look like a lot of different things. And I'm like, wow. And uh, and now, of course, you're gonna share with us, you know, your your what you're doing now, and and uh, so. Uh, do you relate with Forrest Gump? <laughs> I mean, the I, do. Make- I, I, I kind of feel like my life is like a box of chocolates. Uh, you know, I mean, I, I, I've lived on the East Coast. I've lived on the West Coast. I've lived in the Midwest. I've lived in the Gulf Coast. You know, now we're living in the Rocky Mountains. So about the only place between my wife and I that we haven't lived is in the New England area. So we're, uh, we've moved around a lot. I, I've moved for my wife's job. She's been in financial management and stuff like that. So we, we move when either she loses a job or finds something better. And it always, it always gives us an excuse to declutter, you know, whether it's declutter the house or declutter the mind and, and try something new. Yeah. Now, uh, like I said, I'm very grateful that you're here with us tonight because I know that you're going to touch someone in a very special way, either now on the live or on the replay. Um, now, because the show is only 30 minutes, I'm going to give the audience uh, and, and a reader's digest of your background and so we can focus on, on our time together with things that you want to share and focus on more. So correct me and fill in the blanks, but uh, this is the digest and then we're going to get in, we're going to dive deeper. So you're born and raised in Chicago, Illinois. You went to military, you graduated from military college. Um, you got your first job in marketing. So you're, you became a, uh, eventually a marketing executive. You've been married uh, over 27 years, 27 years. You have a daughter that's in the military and uh, she's currently in Space Force. Like, how yeah, cool she's a graduate that? of the United States Air Force Academy and is currently in the new branch of the military, Space Force. Of course, you know, talking to her is like, you know, everything's top secret. You know, how does work? I can't talk about it. Okay, good talking to you, you know, so. <laughs> how cool is that? Now, so in, 20, in 2012, you were diagnosed with a rare uh, type of melanoma. And that um, started on your foot and it spread. You had surgeries, you had the cancer removed. You went on a medication for a couple of years, but the medication, the drug ended up being toxic to your body. You stopped the drug, the cancer came back. Uh, Eventually, you had to have your, in 2018, your foot amputated. 2019, it came back. Take us from there and fill in the blanks. Did that, was that? Sure. So 2019, it came back in my shin on, on the same leg that it had appeared uh, with the foot. I had a couple surgeries there. Then uh, in February of last year, 2020, I had an undiagnosed tumor in my ankle that grew large enough to fracture my tibia, my shin bone. And I, I literally on, on one day, I had a CAT scan and a PET scan and found out that my entire lower leg was just infiltrated with cancer and that I would need to have my leg amputated above the knee. And I had tumors in my lungs that I would need to be treated with chemotherapy. So in, in, in one day, I kind of was like, here's, here's the bomb, let it drop. Now we got to deal with it. And that so I am currently undergoing a clinical trial to determine the efficacy of of a new drug that for me uh, is having some success. The tumors in my lungs have have shrunk by about 20 percent. And my trial has added the drug Keytruda, 
which people may have seen on television. There's plenty of ads for it right now. Um, have added that, and my doctor's hoping that it will shrink even further. But there's no talk of a cure. This is just more of kind of a buy me time right now. So I'm probably heading toward the end of my life, which, um, you know, I'm really, it's funny because I'm really not that scared about that. I'm actually kind of looking forward to see what's on the other side. Don't get me wrong. I'm not looking to go anywhere anytime in the near future, but that that's kind of where I am right now. Wow. And, uh, so tell me about this. I've, I've heard in, in this show when COVID started about the, about April and May of last year, we had an episode where we talked about, mm -hmm. about, uh, about grief. And I looked into grief and, and that, the, the episode basically was revolving about a study that, that, um, uh, this psychiatrist called Elizabeth Kubler Moss. Yep. Uh, she, she, you're familiar with her. She, she she did a study um, on 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 patients in a, in, a, in a hospital and and kind of made an observation of um, you know their emotions, the, the stages that they go through. Uh, so she ended up uh, publishing a book um, that um, I forget the name of it, but it was a book. It was a, a book that um, um, basically she detailed the stages of grief, and there's five stages of grief. But that grief not doesn't just happen uh, when somebody dies. It can also happen in, tra in traumatic events, in life circumstances. They, they, they go to the similar similar stages. Um, and uh, so I, I, I'm, 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 right, so you say you're familiar with that. Do you do you represent that as being accurate in terms of how you felt, uh, like when you first in 2012, you know, when all of this happened? Have you gone through these stages? Have you felt these? Like it I seems have. Like, yeah. I I, I have, you know, you, you, you kind of, you know, first you're in denial, you know, it's like, well, this can't possibly be happening to me. I've done everything right in my life. You know, I've, I've had a physical every year. I've eaten good. I exercise. I'm not overweight. I don't, you know, all that kind of stuff. And, you know, and then you, you get mad, you know, it's like, wait a minute, how can this possibly be happening to me when I have done everything right in my life? And then you start to try to bargain, you know, you kind of bargain with God. It's like, well, Hey, you know, if you let me see my daughter graduate from high school, I'll go to church more, stuff like that. Although I, I go to church quite regularly anyway, or I used to before COVID, you know, and then you get to a point where you accept, and I know I'm leaving out of stage and I can't remember what that other stage is. But depression. You, yeah, yeah. You know, I, I didn't I, I didn't hang in the depression very long. I, I did do I get depressed from time to time? Do I get down? Absolutely. But that's a choice, you know. Let, let me phrase that. It's not a choice to be depressed. It's a choice to stay there, at, at least for me. And I'm not talking about clinical depression where you need medication and stuff like that. I'm talking about, you know, oh, you know, I broke up with my my girlfriend, my boyfriend, whatever. I lost my job. I'm, like, I'm, I'm down. I'm depressed. Yeah, everybody gets there. It's your choice whether to stay there or not. You know, everybody's going to have pain in their life, but suffering, that's up to you. So, yeah, I went through all those stages and then finally decided this is the hand that I've been dealt. And I'm going to play it to the best of my ability. Amazing. So, so Terry, so in, I, I saw that you have a book and I actually, after learning about you, I actually went, I, I ordered it already on Amazon. So I should be Thank getting you. it by Friday. <laughs> I, I'm, I wanna, I'm looking forward to reading that. So can you tell me a little bit about your book? Sure. The, the book is called Sustainable Excellence, The 10 Principles to Leading Your Uncommon and Extraordinary Life. And, and it's a book that was really born out of 
two conversations that I had. One was uh, with a former player who I coached in high school, who she and her, her boyfriend had moved to Colorado after they graduated from college. My wife and I had had dinner with them. And I said to her, I said, you know, I'm really excited that you're here. And I, I kind of get to watch you find and live your purpose. And she got real quiet for a few minutes. And she looked at me and she said, well, coach, what do you think my purpose is? And I said, I don't know what your purpose is. That's what your life should be about. So that was one conversation. And then I had an individual reach out to me on LinkedIn, who was in college. And he said, you know, can you give me some ideas about the things that I need to learn to not only be successful in my business, but more importantly, successful in life? And I thought about that for a while. And I didn't want to give him the classic, you know, work hard, get up early, help others. I mean, that's all been done. And, and that's very important. I'm not saying it's not. But I wanted to go deeper. I wanted to kind of get into something that maybe would resonate in, who, in, in his soul. So I started writing things down. And it took me a while. I didn't respond to him right away. And eventually, I kind of had these 10 principles. And when I was comfortable with them, I sent them to him. And then after that, I kind of looked at him and I said, you know, I've got a life event that would fall into that principle, or I know somebody who has a life event that would fall into that principle. So I literally sat down at the computer. I had my leg amputated in April of 2020. I started chemotherapy for my lung tumors in June of 2020. And I wrote the book in between that time period. And I, I just started, I had the principles already. So I started putting stories underneath them and that would illustrate what that meant or how somebody was impacted by that. And the next thing you knew, I, I had a book, but then, yeah, I had a book, but did I have a book? And so I, my wife works <clears throat> with, a, with an individual who's a former Navy SEAL, and he's married to a woman who was a former prosecutor and is a real estate attorney now. And they're young, they're in their, their early 30s. And I, I gave him the book. I said, look, would you mind reading this for me and tell me if I'm all wet or this is good or whatever? And, and both of them read it independently and were like, you got to get this published. So I did that. And, and, and I kind of knew I was on the right track when I had an 87-year-old man contact me out of the blue who said, I bought your book and I read it. And I wish I would have had those principles when I was growing up because my life would have been a whole lot better. Wow. What a... What a, what a testimonial right there so I, I just keep I, I just get more and more impressed I mean you're telling me that within the last 12 16 months you were that was during COVID you you this book got birthed while you're doing chemo and yeah. all of this and all of yeah yeah I mean I I literally had my leg amputated in the middle of the pandemic where my wife dropped me off at the hospital. I could have no one with me. I was the only surgery that day. I was in the hospital for 48 hours when I should have been in for a week. And, you know, I mean, talk about scared. I, I was, you know, I, I, not only just me, but my wife. Here's my husband who I've been married to for 27 years going to have this major surgery and I can't be with him. Um, fortunately, my doctor's a great guy and, and he kept her informed on the phone and things like that. But still, it's not the same as being there to help your spouse out. So yeah, went through all that, then decided to write a book. And, you know, as I was going through chemo, was working with a publisher and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, it was, I didn't want any grass to grow under my feet. So I figured I might as well do something. Wow. Wow. Um, 
so I mean, kudos to your to your wife as well. I mean, because you, you might you share your story, and and I can imagine that you know every time somebody's ill or something, it also affects people who are, we have close by, you know, our family members. So um, that that's that's amazing. Um, so do you think that your experiences uh, with all you've done in the past have kind of prepared you mentally to, to where you are today? In a lot of ways, I think so. You know, I, I've been an athlete for most of my life and, you know, played college basketball. But in high school, I had three knee surgeries and my basketball career was kind of in doubt for a while. As a matter of fact, I had uh, my second surgery. The doctor, they took out 25 pieces of my bone and the doctor's like, you're not gonna play basketball anymore. You'd be lucky to walk normally again. And you know, that's all I needed was to challenge me that way. And, and so I, I, I managed to get back. I managed to fight through that. And I learned a lot about myself because I, I looked at myself at that point in my life as damaged goods. I, I mean, I had I was in I played in the same conference with Isaiah Thomas in high school. He, he went on to play at Indiana and eventually play with the Detroit Pistons and, and won some NBA championships. And I played against Michael Jordan in North Carolina and North Carolina State. Uh, when I was in college. So, I, I mean, I was I was very good w without trying to, to sound conceited, but I had these surgeries and in my mind, my mind was was working on me. It was like, yeah, you're not that good anymore. You know, you had these surgeries, you're, you're kind of a step slower or whatever thing. So I learned, I learned right then and there that you need to control your mind or it's going to control you because your mind knows your fears. It knows your vulnerabilities and it knows your weaknesses. And it will use those against you if it doesn't like where you're going. And the mind, we know this, the mind likes, doesn't like pain and suffering. It likes everything to be copacetic. You know, don't rock the boat. Everything's good. You want to start rocking the boat. The mind, that's when it's like, no, wait a minute. You want to look for a new job? No, 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 no. No, you work for a new job. You may not get along with your coworkers or, you know what, things here are great. You're making good money. You know, it, the, the work is easy. You understand the routines. So, yeah, I mean, I think from from an athletic point of view and then when I went to the police academy, you know, it was drilled into us that we would win. We, we will always win. And I remember our defensive tactics instructor used to have us bring a photograph to to training of the people we loved. And we would look at that photograph while we were learning to defend ourselves because he reasoned that. um I just lost my train of thought. Sorry. He reasoned that you'll fight harder for the people you love than you'll fight for yourself. So he wanted you to remember that at three o'clock in the morning when you're fighting some some drunk guy, you know, for your life, that it's more than just you. You know, there's a potentially a boyfriend or a girlfriend or a spouse or a child or parents or whatever at home that want you to make sure that want to make sure that you come home and you're responsible for that. And don't think this is just about you. It's much bigger than you. Yeah, that's what. What is your why there? Interesting. Now, so you mentioned you mentioned uh, so you were a churchgoer and you you've been a churchgoer and obviously the pandemic uh, uh, shifted things around. So can you tell me? Can you share with me how has your spiritual life helped you in this journey? I, I like to talk about the three F's and and those are faith, family, and friends that have really kind of sustained me through this. I, I have always been. Um, religious, but probably more than religious, spiritual. You know, I I believe that we were put on this earth for a reason. I believe that we were created 
you know, out of pure love. And, and I, 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 whenever I start feeling down, I kind of remember this. It's like, you know what? So our God, whatever you believe that entity to be, and, and I don't mean to put my, my version of it on you, but from my perspective, you know, my God created me in his image and likeness. And he knew all the dumb, stupid, crazy, sinful things that I was going to do in my life and yet loved me enough to put me on this earth and then gave me a purpose, gave me the gifts that I have are not the gifts that you have. And the gifts that I have are gifts that are different than everybody who's come before me and everybody that will come after me. And when you start to think about that, you kind of realize that in the scheme of things, you're not too significant. You know, that, that, that there's an entity out there. And that's why I say, so spirituality, being connected to God, I probably spend an hour every day in prayer. And I, I not only pray for myself, and, and I do, I pray that I, I get a miracle to, to remove these tumors from my lungs, but I have met so many people through my book, through podcasting, through, uh, you know, being at the hospital and cancer treatments that ask me, you know, Hey, I'm, I'm going through a tough time. So I pray for them and, and in the hope that, that maybe God will, will give them a little bit of comfort in that. So yeah, spirituality, friends and family, uh, have, have been really kind of the bedrock, the cornerstones of getting me through this so far. That's amazing, Terry. Terry, I, I mean, uh, by talking like this, I, I would say that you, you are or can be are a, a prayer for other people just by being yourself. Um, you know, just, just watching you, listening to you, reading your book, you know, you, 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 you are a prayer. I mean, you can, you don't, you, you'll never know how, how much you'll touch somebody, uh, you know, now or, you know, or, 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 you know, when time passes and, um, you know, your, your journey with all these things. I mean, I just think it's amazing. Your, your bio, I mean, how do, how do you, I mean, I'm not going to say, ask you how old you are, but. Okay, you went to I'm the. I'm sixty years old. I'm sixty okay. years old. You're still. I have no you're... problem with telling you that. <laughs> you done so many things. I mean, it's. I'm very. It's very interesting. The the SWAT team negotiator, hostage negotiator. I mean, that right there has a lot of mind, a training that I'm sure it's helped you in in a lot of different ways. You know, you've been a coach, a ba basketball coach. Again, you know. You know, the marketing, marketing has a lot, you know, it's all, it's amazing. It's really amazing what, what, what you've done. And uh, you are a true warrior. Uh, and and it's like about, you, you just remind me of another, uh, have you heard of David Goggins? Oh, I've read his book. Yeah, Can't okay. Hurt Me. Yeah, love David Goggins. Okay, so you're reminding me of him about mental toughness. You you seem like a tough guy and, you you know, um, you have you you have your mind astray, and you you know you you're just you you're amazing. I see. I think you're truly truly a warrior, and and yeah, David Goggins. I read his book. We talked about it in the in the in in in, a, in an episode here. Um, you know, it, it that's what that's what what brings um what I'm thinking about right now. So can I tell you a story about Goggins? Sure. Sure. So so there was a a point after my cancer came back after the the tumors. Um, after the interferon was discontinued and the tumor came back in my, in my foot and I was put on a, a biologic therapy to see if that might help. And, and it didn't work. And, and I had the amputation, but the, the therapy itself gave me some, it gave me a disease called pseudo gout when my knee swelled up. It, it gave me 
several different things, including what I thought was a heart attack. Woke up in the middle of the night and was convinced I was having a heart attack. My wife rushes me to the hospital, which is fairly close to us. And I remember laying there on the, the gurney, the table, and all these doctors and nurses doing all kinds of stuff. And my wife was sitting right by my head. And I remember I turned to her and literally I had tears coming down my cheeks. And I, I begged her just to let me die. I just wanted out of this life that, or, or this body that seemed to be continually attacking me. And it was at that moment that I remembered reading an article about the owner of a professional sports team who paid a Navy SEAL to come and live with his family for a month and teach them to use their mind to be tougher or stronger than their body ever thought they could do. And that Navy SEAL was Goggins. And one of the things that I remembered reading about was what Goggins called the 40% rule. So that if you think you are at the end of your rope, and I'll tell you at that point, laying there in that gurney, I was at the end of my rope. I was totally mentally, physically, emotionally exhausted. And I just wanted to die. I remember reading that article and thinking, the 40% rule says if you're at the end of your rope, you still have 60% left in reserve. And I remember kind of just blocking everything out that was going on around me and kind of going inside myself and just telling myself, you got more, you've got more, you've got more. And, and eventually I survived that. But I, I wonder, I often wonder, why did I remember that at that moment? You know, why had I read that article months and months ago? But thankfully for me and, and certainly my family, they were happy the fact that, that I didn't die, that I didn't quit, that I didn't give up. And, and that really kind of solidified in my mind. You know, I look at Goggins and, I, you know, I mean, I have a ton of bad days. The guy never seems to have a bad day. And even when he has a bad day, it's a good day, you know. And I strive to be like that, but I'm not I'm nowhere near what he is. And, and I just wish at some point in time, you know, that, that I get to that point. But, you know, like I say, I, I come on these podcasts and it makes it seem like I have all the answers. I don't. I mean, I get scared. I cry. I get nervous. I, I don't want to go to the hospital and have treatment. But I always decide that I'm going to do that. I always say, you know what? Yeah, it sucks. But I'm going to use that suck. I'm going to try to win the day. And sometimes for me, winning the day is winning the minute. I'm, I just got to win this minute. Right. Wow. It's amazing. Do you do you feel like your your mindset has changed from before you had this cancer or you you or you think you were pretty much the same? I think no, you were I, pretty close before. Yeah, I, I think at least from a from a medical point of view, yes. I, I mean, I, I I literally was the kid when I was when I was a little child when I knew my mom was taking me to the pediatrician to get a vaccine. I'd wait till she got out of the car and I'd lock all the doors from the inside. And this was long before key fobs, you know. So she'd have to go get the pediatrician and his nurse, and it was a kind of cat and mouse game to extract me from the car. That's how petrified I was of just getting a simple vaccine. So, you know, there are days now when I when I have my treatments that I, I counted one day last week where I was actually stuck with a needle 14 different times. And, you know, whether to take blood or to give me an IV or, you know, to put the medication in, whatever it was. And, you know, people are like, well, how the heck do you do that? And I, I'm looking at this post-it note here on my desk that I have what I call my three truths to it. And the first one is the one I just gave you. You need to control your mind or it will control you. The second one is you need to embrace the pain and the suffering that we all experience in our lives and use it to make you a stronger and more determined individual. And the third one is as long as you don't quit, you can never be defeated. 
So I guess in a way I've learned to take all that pain and turn it inside and use it to, you know, as, as energy or to burn it as fuel to make me stronger and more determined that, you know what? All right, you're gonna stick me 14 times, stick me 14 more times. I'm okay with that. I'll take that, I'll use it, and it'll make me stronger. That's amazing, Terry. As you as you're speaking and I'm listening, uh, I'm, I'm just another thought comes into my mind. Another book that I read uh, that we talked about pre recently, "Man's Search for Meaning." Uh, have you have you read that one? I have. You know, about, um, you know, all the suffering, all the pain. You keep on going. You have your why keeps you. Uh, you know, focused on, on 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 surviving, and you know, just moving forward, and and that, and it does, and 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 I, you know, some people have asked me, it's like, well, what do you think about, say, the night before you're going to have your leg amputated, or the night before you're going to have your foot amputated, and I, I I tell people, I said, the what I think about are those young, predominantly men, but some women who were sitting on those ships off the co coast of Normandy you know, on June 5th or June 6th, you know, of, of, of 1944 and getting ready to invade, you know, Europe to try to, to take back Hitler. And many of them never got out of the boats. They were just massacred in these boats. But here were these young people that were willing to give of themselves for the betterment of somebody else. I'm going to I'm going to risk my life. I'm going to never have children. I'm never going to get married. I'm never going to you know retire. I'm never going to be able to do all that stuff. Because I'm going to get struck down in one of these Higgins boats by a machine gun bullet, you know, from a from a pillbox on the beach. And I and I think about the tremendous amount of you know people like you have a lot of courage. Those people had a lot of courage. Those people had a tremendous amount of courage because most of them knew they were probably going to die the next morning, and yet still got in those boats and still hit that beach. So that's kind of what I think about before I have what everybody says, oh, this is a horrible thing. Yeah, that was a pretty horrible thing too. So I don't have the marker cornered on suffering, but I'll tell you one thing, suffering is one of life's greatest teachers. Right, suffering is the greatest. Yep, that's absolutely correct. So we're running out of time now, but but Terry, so you're definitely planting seeds on someone's mind. I mean, you, 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 you're you awesome with this message that you're sharing, um, your book, so what would you like your legacy to be? What do you, what, what, what do you, I mean, I think you already have a legacy uh, you're, with everything. What, 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 are you, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, you know, I, I always ask people, especially now, the more that I think about it, to, to think about the end game. You know, what, what, what will your legacy be? What will people, what will be the one sentence that people will say about you at your funeral? You know, and I always tell people, let your life be shaped by the decisions that you made not by the ones that you didn't or the ones that other people made for you. I, I had this question one, one time before where somebody said, you know, how do you want to be remembered? And the more I thought about it, I, I'm like, I, I don't really have any great desire to be remembered. I mean, nobody's going to name a street after me or a building or, or anything like that. But I right now, with whatever time I have left, I want to put as much goodness, positivity and love back into the world as I possibly can. I think you're doing a great job doing just that. What, what, so how can people connect with you, uh, learn more about you? Um, I know you, I have the website here. You can see on the, where is it over there beneath you? Um, so they can go to your website. This is your website, motivationalcheck.com. 
yeah, motivationalcheck.com will get you to the, you can get, there's a link there to get to the book if you'd like to buy that. There's my social media pages are on there as well. If you want to send me an email directly, it's motivationalcheck at AOL.com. Okay, awesome. So Terry, thank you very much for being here and sharing uh, your your journey and uh, we stay connected. We, uh, this, this was this been awesome. If you're watching on the replay, uh, just make sure you check from the very beginning connect with Terry. And this has been episode number 26 of Mindset of Steel uh, live show. And, um, you know, next week we go live at the same time. Terry, uh, you want to leave uh, with the final words for our audience? Some final thoughts? Yeah, I'll, I'll leave you with this. For the next 30 days, do me this one favor. Everybody you come in contact with, assume that they are going to be dead tomorrow. So the person who cuts you off in traffic on the way to work or the person at school or, or work who takes credit for your work, or your kids who are driving you nuts, look at them as, they'll, as if they'll be dead tomorrow. Because if you do that, you will have so much less stress in your life, and you'll look at people a whole lot differently and a whole lot more positively. That's amazing. Thank you very much, Terry. Thank you, Fernando. I appreciate it. Thank you.